0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris, and I want to wish each and every one of you joining us today an awesome Independence Day weekend. I hope you enjoy those cookouts, and be safe if you're lighting off any fireworks. And today, you're in for a real treat because we start a brand new sermon series we're calling Family Reunion. Because when it comes to families, we've all got them, right? And they can be very, very complicated things. They're often difficult to navigate even after you've been quarantined with the same people for several months. Well, Pastor Jerome and Pastor Kelly are going to be sharing more about this in just a little bit. And we know that this is something that just about all of us face so be sure to check in on social media and let your friends know that we're starting a new series and if they have a complicated family they're not the only ones and they too can join us online from wherever they are and if you have any prayer requests or any updates that we need to know about um, also be sure to fill out a connection card online by visiting salemfields.com contact Or if you're visiting us on the live stream page, you can click the blue button at the top of the screen and you can also give online too. there's a number of ways to do that, including the text to give option through the website, the give button at the top of the live stream page, or you can also snail mail us a check. And know that your giving not only supports the ministry and mission of Salem Fields Community Church, but it's also a spiritual practice. It's part of your own growth and faith in the one who has been so generous to you. And we believe that he'll provide for your needs as you trust him with your finances. Well, a couple of things coming up in the ministry of the church. Well, our next drive-in movie night of the summer will be Friday, July 10th, when we're going to be hosting the classic the Princess Bride, who doesn't love that movie? It's inconceivable, right? Well, that was like super corny. Well, there's still free tickets available. So in order to get them, though, you need to sign up ASAP at SalemFields.com slash movies. So I hope that you'll be able to join us for that. And also during the week, we're going to continue to have lots of great ministry events and gatherings by Zoom and social media, Facebook Live. So be sure to like us on Facebook and sign up for our weekly e-news by emailing us at infosalemfields.com. And also, praise God, amen, hallelujah. We've started to regather for worship for one in-person service in our auditorium each weekend on Sunday at 9 a.m. And you can find out details about what to expect at that service at salemfields.com reopening and each week we're also going to encourage you to register ahead of time on that website if you're planning to attend just so we can adequately prepare for social distance seating and also know when it's time to move to multiple in-person services and that doesn't mean that you can't just show up but it's just super helpful to us if you let us know ahead of time and one last reminder that we're going to continue to offer every Sunday a special kids ministry program at 10:20 that's going to be followed by a youth ministry program at 10:35 a.m. and you can find those at salemfields.com/live and also facebook live. And all of these events and gatherings and connections they're all part of the awesome mission and ministry of Salem Fields Community Church as we seek to share real hope with anyone everywhere. And we know that God is up to something here in this community, and we hope that you experience him today in worship from wherever you are. Know that we're glad
1: you're here.
2: are made to worship so alive The hill you created, the light of the world.
3: We wave high the flag of freedom as a patriotic reminder to never take our independence for granted. Fireworks explode into the night sky, lighting up the darkness, reminding us of our nation's calling in the world. One nation under God. We look into the sky and remember that for all the freedom we have to celebrate, we must never forget our dependence on God. It was by His hand we were afforded our independence, so we might stand for liberty remembering He set us free from the bondage of sin. So we might stand for justice, for the Lord loves justice and He will not forsake His saints. So we might stand for freedom, because we know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We thank You, God, for the beautiful gift of our country. May we always depend on You to sustain us.
4: Well, happy Fourth of July weekend, everyone. Um, we're glad that you're worshiping with us at Salem Fields this weekend. I'm here with my neighbor, Rudy Powell, and I'm also a Salem Fielder. And um, we just wanted to come today and uh, bring you um, a time of prayer as we pray for our service and pray for our nation and uh, come together united as we uh, worship one God who loves us all. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. Lord, I thank you um, for your love that you have for us, God. As we are here worshiping this weekend, God, would you speak to our hearts and minds, Lord? Help us to be um, a nation united and not divided, Father. As we come together, Lord, we just uh, celebrate the freedoms in which you've given us, Lord. And Lord, um, ultimately, we get the freedom from sin. We get the freedom of death, Lord, as we believe in your son, Jesus Christ. And that is the most important freedom that we have. So as we celebrate this Fourth of July weekend, Lord, let us uh, come together as one body in Christ, Lord, as one body, as a nation, Lord, and celebrate the freedoms in which we have. We pray that you'd be with Pastor Kelly as he delivers the message this weekend, Lord, and we give you all praise and glory. First in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hi there. On behalf of the board, I'd
1: like to say that we have a new pastor at Salem Fields Community Church. Uh, Last weekend, you all came out and voted. 90% of you voted for James Hayward to join us, and he gave us his final yes on Wednesday night. And so, we will see him begin serving at Salem Field starting on Monday the 10th of August with his first regular sermons that weekend. So, thanks everybody for your prayers. I love that this has worked out the way the Lord has planned and orchestrated it. And I thank you all for your continued prayers. Let's make James really welcome and get ready to make this transition final and move into a new era for Salem Fields.
5: Hi, my name is Oscar Vera. My wife, Cindy, and I have been members of the Salem Fields Community Church for about 12 years. I also run a men's small group. Uh, I've been running for about 10 years and uh, also been with the board, church board for about a year. I first met uh, James Hayward through the candidate selection process. Uh, his enthusiasm, his charisma, his passion for God was so evident. He checked uh, every one of my boxes and I'm so excited what God will do through him and uh, for the future of our church and our community. And uh, I, just, I, I just, I'm excited to see what uh, God will do with him and uh, for the church.
1: Good morning Salem Fields. My name is Terry Viventi. I have been a member of Salem Fields Community Church for over 20 years. I currently work with the production team as the video director. I am also on the board. And we have, I've got good, great news, great news. We have selected a new pastor. His name is James Hayward. His wife is Rose and he has a son named Jay and a daughter named Jasmine. James actually was an executive pastor at our church. He left 15 years ago. We are so excited to have him back. He has this contagious personality, and he's just full of life. You may remember James if you were at the uh, church a couple of years ago. We did a skit, started off in the sanctuary, and we brought it into the foyer. Uh, where James appeared as Jesus and he got arrested by a police officer and taken out the front door. It's very powerful message that we had that day, so you may have remembered him from there. Dear Lord, thank you so much for providing us with a pastor that knows how to shepherd his people. We are so grateful for the gifts and talents that he has to share with us. We pray that you use James for your glory and show us how we can support and encourage him. Thank you so much
5: hey everybody welcome back to salem fields community church today we are starting a brand new series called family reunion and i'm pretty sure you're fired up about that and coming on the heels of fourth of july i'm sure you've been around family today and and maybe have plans the rest of the week to spend time with family but when you're dealing with a family reunion i think we can all agree there are some inherent issues that come along with hanging out with our family i mean really, we've got some weird people in our family. And like Pastor Buddy said one time, if you can't think of anybody weird in your family, you're the one. So uh, when you start looking at your family, I think the issue becomes, you know, are we the sum total of our family, right? I mean, that's really the point. When you start looking at the totality of your family, even like going back in the lineage and checking out your family tree from way back, you start to think, am I the totality of my family? Am I the, the result of all of these people together? And you think of all the crazy personalities that are in your family. You may be thinking today, Hey, I don't really have a lot of blood relatives. That's okay. Because I think that family's a choice. I mean, honestly, you've been adopted maybe into another family. You have a group of friends that are closer than blood relatives. It doesn't matter if you're blood related to somebody, if you choose to be relations to them or you're so close through a shared experience, you become family with somebody, right? We need that community. But when you start looking at this community up close, it starts to freak you out. And you start to say, man, who are these people? Am I a part of that? Have I just like the culmination of this? I mean, think about like your craziest family reunion if you've ever had one or if you've seen a movie with a crazy family reunion. Everybody has the crazy uncle, right? Everyone's got the aunt that that may drink or smoke too much, maybe, or maybe you don't. Uh, Everyone's got the nephew who decides to take their clothes off in the middle of the 4th of July party and run around naked holding sparklers. You've got those crazy people in your family and you think to yourself, is this it? I mean, so often you wanna be the person that lights your family tree on fire and burns the entire thing to the ground, right? And the worst part about it is we look around and we see other people and we say, wow, how come I can't have a family like that? I mean, look how perfect they are. Look how clean cut they are. Look how nice they are. Oh gosh, they take care of each other. Look, they stay up at night, brushing each other's hair and they say good night like the Waltons did. The truth is there's no perfect family out there, right? Even if you're one of those people that brushes your family's hair, you're weird but you're not perfect. Nobody has a perfect family. And so we have a hard time kind of, uh, you know, wanting to be them, but then we also associate because we deep down inside, we realize they're, they're weird just like we are, right? They got those weird family members just like us. So what's the point? Well, the point is in spite of these people in our family, we are unique. And I want you to remember that phrase, in spite of, because it's become very important today. Everything that we talk about hangs on in spite of. So say it with me, in spite of. I feel like Dora the Explorer. Say it with me, in spite of, okay? In spite of where you've come from, in spite of your family tree, in spite of your heritage, you're unique. We are unique. And so we're going to talk about that today. Here's another hard thing. We try to, to kind of understand Jesus. If we're even interested mildly in who Jesus is, we want so badly to understand who this guy is, but we don't have anything in common. I mean, we look at Jesus and we say, he's God, he's perfect. He never made any mistakes. His family are our rock stars, superheroes of the Bible, right? I mean, starting at the very beginning and working our way through, they're all incredible monsters of the faith. I mean, they were just off the charts people. Abraham is part of the lineage of Jesus. I mean, he was a giant of the faith, Father Abraham, right? No, he was human, just like you and me. I want to read our scripture today. It's kind of long, but it's the entire lineage of Jesus out of Matthew chapter 1. So bear with me as I read it for you, because you'll start to see a sort of a pattern develop. The record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac, the father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram was the father, of Amminadab the father of Nashon, Nashun, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David the King. David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba, who had a wife who was the wife of Uriah, excuse me. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asa, Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, Joram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah was the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh, Manasseh was the father of Amon, Amon the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, and at the time of the, de- at the deportation to Babylon. After the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, who's awesome. Zerubbabel was the father of Abahud. Abihu the father of Eliakim, Eliakim, the father of Azor, Azor, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Achim, Achim, the father of Eliud. Eliud was the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of Matthan, Matthan was the father of Jacob, Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, who is called Messiah. Now, you're sitting there and you're saying, wow, that was cool, you read that really fast and only screwed up one time. I'm awesome. The other thing you're saying is I don't know who half those people are, but the names I do recognize are off the charts, right? We see names like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We see names like Ruth. We see names like Rahab. We know names like David, the king, right? Solomon. We know who Mary is. We know who Joseph is. We, we know these names as people of great and amazing faith, but they were just people. And really the problem that we have my friends is that oftentimes we take people out of the Bible and we create this superhero uh, sort of mystique around them as if they never did anything wrong, that they weren't human, that somehow because they were involved in this lineage of Jesus, because they were involved in God's plan, that somehow that erased all of their humanity and they were they just could do nothing wrong. That, is, that could not be further from the truth. The reality here is that Abraham was the father of Isaac. This is where we begin. Right, Father Abraham. I mean if any of you have ever been to Sunday school, you've you've sang the song, Father Abraham had many sons and many sons I'm so good. I don't I don't want to bore you with my music. But you know the story. I mean Abraham is the father of the entire Jewish people and by extension the father, the great great grandfather right of Jesus, the Messiah. Abraham began it. God used Abraham to kick all of this off into this modern era of Messiahship that you and I are sitting here because of today. This man, Jesus Christ. So we start with Abraham. Now, Abraham reminds me of of the the... The, the colonel or the general, gr- the grandfather who's like presides over the family reunion, he sits usually as close to the fire as possible because even if it's a furnace, he's not hot enough, right? He's always cold all the time. He's the guy that comes to a family reunion with his entire uniform on, with the whole chest full of medals, the whole deal, maybe even a corncob pipe. He's that guy. And when you get into a conversation with this guy, what does he do? He starts telling you the stories over and over and over again. And it's funny because you want so badly to believe that he's exactly who he says he is. I mean, if you were to believe this guy, I mean, he invented sliced bread. He he invented fire, gave it to the first people. Thanks to the Olympics that the fiery torch was lit by him. He won World War I, II, possibly the Korean conflict single-handedly. Hitler and Mussolini both surrendered to him physically. I mean, you can't beat this guy. He's the greatest, right? And all of the family kind of points to him as the patriarch of the family. They look at him and they say, man, look at where we've come from. This is so awesome. He's the greatest guy ever. As if he's not human, right? And probably if you listen to him, he's not human. But the reality of it is the story that you hear oftentimes and the story that we create around people isn't really the truth, right? It becomes this hero novel as opposed to the gritty realism of life. And so I'm going to try to ruin that for you today. I'm going to try to talk about Abraham as the human being, right? As, as the broken, uh, messed up, bad choices, normal human being. Now, I'm not going to do the whole Facebook thing because I see this thing on Facebook that seems to take these heroes of the faith in the Bible and ascribes like one word as if that makes us all feel better. Abraham was a liar. Uh, David was an adulterer and a murderer, blah, 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 blah. That doesn't make me feel any better. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, okay, I recognize they screwed up, but I don't, I don't feel any better about me just knowing that they're goofed up. I really want to know the humanity of them. You know, I want to know that in spite of who they are, in spite of what they've done, God made something happen. God used their faithfulness in spite of their shortcomings to produce Messiah and salvation for all human beings. That's the story that I want to read. But we can't do that until we understand exactly who Abraham was. So that's what we're going to start. We're going to, we're going to the, the great one himself, the patriarch of all patriarchs, Father Abraham. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I want to pray with you. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the ability to see these people as people. And God, thank you that you used normal human people for your will to make things happen and produce messiah for our salvation and our reunification with you. God, it's all about you. It's all about what you've done. So let us see ourselves for who we are and see you for who you are and you bridge the gap, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, let's light this candle. So I'm going to preach the message now and then I'm going to tell you the story of Abraham after. So that way you can tune out if you get bored, okay? So I'm, I'm going to do you a huge favor. Here's the deal. Jesus came exactly as he was supposed to come at exactly the right time. In fact, Paul tells us that exactly the right time Jesus entered this world. So the time that he was born and arrived into this world was exactly God's perfect timing. Okay, but the fact that he was born to a human family, that matters a lot, too. I mean, oftentimes we look at the divinity of Jesus and we say, yeah, it was really, really important that he was born of the Holy Spirit. It was really, really important that he's the pure son of God. It's really, really important that he was divine. We look at the Trinity, right? The father, son, and Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. We look at that, we say, man, that is of integral importance. It is, but it's also equally important that he was born of a human, of Mary. That's very, very important. And so that's why we wanna talk about this. Why did that happen? Is it possible that God was demonstrating that in spite of the broken human lineage, Jesus was able to be exactly who Jesus was supposed to be? That his relationship to the Father, his relationship to the divinity, his relationship in the Holy Spirit makes all the difference. That it is not in fact the human lineage that we look to 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 figure out who we're going to be, but rather if we choose to have that relationship with God. That lineage is what matters. You see there's two competing trees here. We've got the family tree of humanity and the family tree of the Spirit of God. Now that's interesting to me because oftentimes we look at this tree of humanity as, as who we are. It's our mark of distinction for good or for bad. Right? I mean, no matter what happened, uh, we look at that and we say, man, I've got my privilege. I've got my money. I've got my great looks. I mean, look, you look at me right now, folks, and you're saying what an, what an extraordinary looking man, what a great looking guy, his parents must be beautiful people. You're right. They are, but that's not what defines me right? My ravishing good looks are not what defines me. It's my choice to be in the family of God. I'm kidding, right? I mean, my parents aren't good looking. I just, I'm an anomaly, all right? So don't tell them I said that. The reality is your your tree, your family tree, your lineage does not define you unless you choose that, right? You can be a Christian your whole life, Right? You could have you could have come into faith at five years old and and, and walked out this faith the rest of your life and, and been near sainthood. You could have just come to Christ yesterday. You could just be considering it today. You could be the furthest from who cares about Jesus today. But the facts are that every day when you wake up, you're choosing who you are based on something. And most of the time, if we aren't choosing the spirit of God, then we're choosing our flesh. The, the, the human lineage. So in our family, maybe our mother was a neat freak. So we're neat freaks. Maybe our families were alcoholics. Maybe they were drug abusers. Maybe they were, um, I don't know what, man, whatever you can think of. It doesn't matter what it is, but sometimes we look at it and say, because they're this way, I'm going to be this way because they're scared of mice. I'm scared of mice. That was for someone special because they're whatever this or that or the other. That's what we are, but that's a choice. That's a choice, and God offers another choice through Jesus Christ. That's why understanding who Abraham is and understanding this lineage that that is produced here in Matthew 1 is so, so important because it's a choice. It offers the choice that Jesus had. Jesus could have lived his life based on his human lineage, but he chose to live his life based on his divine lineage. And he offers the same choice to you and me. So we're all equal. Okay. In our flesh, we're all equal. Romans three twenty three. Paul says, we've all fallen short of God's glory. Everybody's equal in sin. We're all wrong. We've all fallen short. Okay. So there's no, no better or worse, no better looking, no worse looking, no richer, no poorer, no more privileged or less privileged. We are exactly equal in flesh far from God. But thanks to Jesus, we have a choice right? Ephesians says that it's not even based on our good works because even if we could choose to be as good as possible, as philanthropic as possible, as nice as possible, we're still going to fall short of God. Thanks to Jesus, we have a choice. It's not based on our flesh. It's not based on our good works. It's not based on our good looks. It's not based on our family. It's based on God, period, end of story. So moving forward, right? That's the point. If you want to look at exactly what we're doing here today, it's simply this, you and I have a choice every day. What lineage do we want to live out of? Do we want to live out of the family tree of God or do we want to live out of the family tree of the flesh? And you and I have to choose. Here's what's interesting. If you ever trace back your genealogy, I mean, the tree goes all over the place and, and some people, you know, have it, 50 generations back and some five and some two. I mean, it doesn't matter, but the reality is it branches out and kind of goes all over the place. You know what the genealogy of God looks like? It's real simple. It's two lines. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, us. (laughs) It's it. It's a flat org chart. It's amazing. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, us. There's not a bunch of branches that get in the way. There's not a bunch of, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I've got crazy uncle Abraham and, and, uh, and goofy cousin Isaac and all these people. No, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, us. It's a lot simpler, don't you think? All right, so let's talk about Abraham. What's so special about Abraham? Well, a lot of stuff actually. The Bible says in Genesis 15 that a promise was made to Abraham. God promised Abraham something. He promised him a, a family. Okay, Abraham and Sarah, his wife, were barren. They couldn't have any children. So what happens is God meets him and says, Abraham, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to give you a family. In fact, God takes him outside, outside, looks up at the sky and says, I want you to try to count the stars. If you can count the stars, that's how vast your family is going to be. So God's coming to this barren individual and says, Not only am I going to give you a child, I'm going to make your family so big, you won't even be able to count it. Sands of the sea, stars of the sky. It's amazing. Abraham, the Bible says, believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Okay. So the the reality of it is, is um, Abraham is saying, I want a kid. God says, yeah, I'm going to give you a kid. And Abraham says, okay, I believe you. And then God says, great. You're righteous. That's it. End of story. Oh man, not even close. I wish that were the end of the story. That'd be the best thing. By the way, can I tell you guys a joke? It's the funniest joke ever. And I I don't know why. And I think it has something to do with this, but I don't even care if it doesn't because it makes me laugh. Do you know what the, the, one of the greatest things about Switzerland is? I, I don't know either, but their flag is a big plus. Come on, look that up. You you can use that. You don't even have to quote me. It's the greatest thing ever. Here's the thing. I don't know what the greatest thing about Abraham is either, but I do know that him saying yes to God was a really big plus. See, there's the bridge. I have it. He said yes. He believed. He believed God and he acted on it, right? He didn't just say, okay, God, sure. And then just sit down and wait. He acted on it. God told him to pick up his family and move. So Abraham picked up his family and moved. Along the way, he lost his dad and he kept on going along the way. He, he essentially at the beginning, he adopted his, his brother's son, his nephew, and took over all the you know care and concern for a uh, lot, his nephew and his family took care of that. They get to a place and he gives Lot a choice. You can pick the finest part of the land. You can go wherever you want. I'll go the other way. Um, you can do all of those things. He does that, right? He's a warrior. He's a poet. He's a prophet. He's a priest. He's um, a strong man. He's probably really healthy because he's like a hundred plus years old and still able to father children. At some point, he's amazing. I mean, he does so many incredible things. He makes treaties. He becomes wealthy. He's a philanthropist. He he gives. He takes. He whatever. He's even the first recorded tither in the world, right? Which is amazing. So Abraham is a, is an incredible guy, but he wasn't perfect right? So there's a story where he actually lies about who his wife is, which causes all this drama. And that seems to be the thing that we focus on, but that's not even close to the worst thing that Abraham did. And I'm not trying to tear down Abraham's character, but I want you to understand God made Abraham a promise. God said, I'm going to give you a family. Abraham says, yes. God says, man, I'm going to credit to you righteousness because you believed me and you're willing to act. And so he moved, he did all these things so that God would keep his promise, but he was following God. And yet he still screwed up royally. What did he do? Well, the story in Genesis goes like this. Abraham was told, I will give you a son. And he waited and waited, but he got impatient. And so his wife, Sarah, using the custom of the day, it wasn't, it wasn't unheard of, gave Abraham her, ma- her handmaid, okay, Hagar, And said, I want you to have a son through her. And if you do that, they would adopt him and he would become Abraham's heir. Like I said, customs of the day, it was okay to do that. So Abraham does it. Instead of waiting on God, he just assumes this is the next best thing. I'm not going to wait forever. I'm literally 100 years old. It's time for me to start a family and have a kid. And so he does. And guess what? She has a son. His name is Ishmael. Right? It's going to become very important later. Well, as it turns out, Ishmael was not the son of God's promise. God promised somebody else or something else. And so eventually, Sarah actually does get pregnant at almost 100 years old and bears Abraham a son whose name is Isaac, who we call the child of promise. Now, that sounds great, right? End of story. Two beautiful brothers, promise fulfilled, promise kept, everything's done. no. No, no, no. Abraham's impatience and the birth of Ishmael would cost the rest of his family and generation upon generation of bloodshed even till today. We credit Ishmael as the father of the Arab people. Today, as we speak, blood is being spilled in the Middle East because of Abraham's decision that day. That's how incredible and how important that decision was. One decision to not wait on God and impatiently pursue his own agenda has cost hundreds of thousands of lives, continual suffering and bloodshed even to today at this very minute. That's how big a failure Abraham was. That's how incredibly off the mark Abraham was. And he, was the first one mentioned in the lineage of Jesus. Why? Because I think God wants us to know that it doesn't matter where we've come from. It doesn't matter who's in our family. None of that matters because when we accept the offer of Jesus Christ and salvation and who God is, our family tree starts all over. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, us. All of those other things are wiped away. You see, we're told in 2 Corinthians 5.17 by Paul that if anyone is in Christ, we are brand new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. That's the offer of God here, folks. That's exactly what we're talking about. All things are passed away, family is gone. All of those um, uh, horror stories of the past, all the pain, the suffering, all the abuse, all all the obsessive compulsive disorders, all those craziness that, that we have inherited, we feel like that makes up who we are is gone. All of it is completely gone. All things are become new in Jesus Christ. A brand new family tree for us, a fresh start, a new life, a new calling, a destiny that's been secured in God, everything has become new. So folks, I'm not here to give you some impassioned speech. I know it sounds that way because I'm just that guy, but I'm not trying to beg you to consider God. That's not my goal here. My goal here is not also to try to solve your problems or or browbeat you into somehow saying, I need God or I'm going to do those things. I'm not going to offer some miracle prayer to you that's going to fix everything in your life and, and eradicate your shame and your suffering and make all your bad decisions go away. I can't do that. I can tell you all about the gospel. I can tell you about these things. But guess what? Even if you say yes to God, you're still related to these people. They still exist. But what happens is you now have a different motivation and a different possibility. You have the power of the Holy Spirit within you to make choices on a daily basis. Where are you going to operate from? The flesh of old or the spirit new? That's what I want to talk to you about today. Yes, I want you to accept God. Yes, I want you to accept Jesus in your heart. Yes, I want you to start this new life. But it's a decision that you and I have to make. It's an offer. That God's making and so the choice that we have today folks is can we come to Jesus and be transformed old things passed away all things become new or or like the rich young ruler do we walk away sad because we have so much baggage we feel like we could never leave that at the cross that's a lie from the enemy you don't have enough baggage that you can't lay it down at the cross you don't have enough brokenness that the blood of Christ can't heal you. You don't have enough hurt and pain in a messed up enough family that God cannot just take that family tree and move it aside and firmly plant you in his tree just underneath him. You don't. I don't. And that's the offer today. So folks, if you've been walking with Jesus your whole life, you still have a choice to make. Today, today, Tomorrow, are you going to wake up as a product of some twisted, gnarled family tree, wishing you could set it on fire? Or are you going to claim your birthright in the name of Jesus? Folks, you may have just gotten saved yesterday. You may have just said, or even right now, God, I want you. I want you in my life. I want this new family tree. I want this new possibility. I want a new life. You have to choose it today and tomorrow and the next day. Because the flesh doesn't go away just because we're offered something new. Every day, Jesus says, take up your cross. Every day, crucify that flesh. Every day, put that twisted, gnarled family tree on the bonfire of the Holy Spirit and walk in the newness of life every day. You may be here and saying, I don't know, man. Number one, you're crazy, dude. Number two, this sounds so so crazy. I mean, you don't know my family. You don't, Man, you don't know my family, bro. You don't know where I've come from. You don't know what my family reunion looks like. It's wild. You have no clue. But what I do know is this. I lay that family tree down every single morning and I step into my my new family, right? The family of God. I put my place right underneath the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost as their child. That's, That's all I can tell you, man. That's all I can tell you is that that's the choice that I make. Every single day, and that's something you can do. You may be sitting here saying, Man, I don't care about any of this stuff. Okay. But maybe one day you will. And I just want you to remember this. I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna bring this back into your mind if you need to hear it one day. One day, You might just wake up and say, how can I get out of this rat race? How can I get out of this crazy tree? How can I get away from these people that I call family that I feel like are dragging me down and breaking me and burning me and hurting me? How do I get away from this? The offer is there. The hand is extended. The blood of Jesus is for you. The cross is waiting for your baggage and the bonfire of the Holy Spirit is waiting for your family tree. You are invited. Never forget it. That's the choice that we have today. In spite of us, God calls each one of us to himself and offers himself. So what will you do now? Say yes, say no, say maybe. It doesn't change the offer. What do you want to do? Love you guys. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your family tree. Thank you for the just revealing who Jesus is in spite of his family tree and the choice that we get to make today and the power of the Holy Spirit, God. We love you and we thank you. And I ask you, God, right now that those people who need that choice in their life, Lord, show up to them. Beckon them, call them, woo them. Father, please draw them to you. They need you. We need you, God, every day. Lord, forgive us where we fall short. And I know we fall short. Forgive us when we pick up our old family tree and walk around under its bondage. Lord, help us to lay that down at your feet. In the name of Jesus, amen.
2: Oh, this pain. from this ground.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We know that families are complicated things, but Jesus shows us that through God's grace, any family can be redeemed. And remember that on Monday at 2 p.m., we're going to be having our deeper dive on Facebook Live, where we're going to be talking with Pastor Kelly about some of the things that he brought up in today's message. So if you have any questions that you'd like him to address, please email dive at salemfields.com. And then on Tuesday, our student ministries will take over social media. On Wednesday, we have our Worship Wednesday at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live. And on Thursday, we have our Family Connect on Facebook Live. Lots of fun ideas for kids and families each week. And then on Friday, we have our Zoom prayer at 9 a.m. And also Friday is our drive-in movie night. So if you haven't already, make sure you go to Salemfields.com slash movies to check that out. And of course, We're so excited for the news of James Hayward becoming our new lead pastor here at Salem Fields Community Church. And it's going to be an awesome and amazing next chapter, and we're looking forward to all that God will do. So we hope to see you soon, whether in person next Sunday at 9 a.m. or online on Saturday at 6 p.m. or 9 and 11 a.m. on Sunday. So stay in touch, be a light to those around you, and in the meantime, have an awesome week.